Hey, welcome to the Press On Podcast. My name is Justin. I'm so glad you are joining us for episode 92. Bear with me today. My allergies are crazy right now, but I am so glad you are joining us on this journey. Uh, Before we start, before we dive into the heart of today's uh, Bible study, I just want to give you a, a quick reminder. Don't forget about our YouTube channel. New videos each and every Friday. Last Friday, we celebrated our two year birthday. Can you believe it? We've been going at this for two years now. Um, And so we did just a, it was a fun little look back over the last two years, some of our favorite moments. Um, A quick, super simple video, a a thank you to all of you supporters for the last two years. Uh, This week, we are going to be talking about scripture memorization in in a video, and then uh, just a a little inside scoop for you podcast listeners. Over the next couple weeks, we're going to be talking about our retreat and resting. Um, that's going to be a fun video. Uh, we're going to talk about this idea of a war room, a prayer, an area dedicated to prayer. We're going to take a deep look into uh, prayer journaling. Um, and then we have a, a Fourth of July special and a few other things planned, all leading up to our 100th podcast episode, uh, August 2nd. And so I'm excited. We got a full summer booked. Uh, but uh, one of the most important things we do is each and every Wednesday right here on the podcast, uh, we spend eight to 12 minutes diving into the Word of God um, and just uh, breaking it down and applying it to our lives. Because if anything helps us press on in this life, it is the Word of God. And so uh, we have been slowly going through the book of John. This is part eight, and we are finally beginning chapter two. Yes, it took us seven weeks to get through chapter one. I will pick it up a little bit. Um, It will not take us seven weeks to get through chapter two, I promise. Uh, But John has so much to say in his introduction, and I didn't want us to miss uh, any of it. And so let's dive in. Today, we're going to read the first 12 chapters of chapter two. We're really getting in uh, to Uh, Jesus's ministry. This is his first miracle. Uh, As you all know, it is the water to wine at the wedding in Cana. Let's dive in, starting in verse 1 of chapter 2. On the third day, there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And Jesus was also invited to the wedding with his disciples. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Now, there were six stone water jars there for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding twenty or thirty gallons. Jesus said to the servants, Fill the jars with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, Now draw out some, draw some out, and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it. When the master of the feast tasted the water, now become wine, and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. The master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves a good wine first, when the people have drunk freely, then pour wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. This, the first of his signs, Jesus did at Canaan and Galilee, and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. After he went down to Capernaum with his mother and his brothers and his disciples, they stayed there for a few Days Now, I have a few notes about this miracle, um, and then I just really want to draw it out for us and what this actually really implies to us. Now, we could spend a lot of time talking about wine and alcohol in biblical times, and 
how that relates to us today. And uh, we could have debates on whether Christians should drink or not drink, uh, but I don't want to do that. Um, I think that is uh, for another conversation, another time. But I really do want to look at a few things, like verses 3 through 5, when Mary is is calling Jesus to um, do this miracle. It says, When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Now, I often wonder, did Mary have any reason at this point to actually believe that Jesus would or even could do a miracle here? Like, we have no indication that she she fully grasped. She knew that Jesus was God's son, but she had not yet seen him do a miracle. So I don't know why she she just automatically assumed that, that he would do this, and, and let alone this kind of miracle, to be his first miracle. But the words at the end of verse 5, when she she says, do whatever he tells you. It, it, it shows me that she fully submitted to, to Jesus. Even though Jesus was her son and she, was, uh, she raised him and as his mother she had authority over him at one point in his life, things have switched and she now submits fully to Jesus. And I don't want us to miss that little, that little nugget of wisdom for us because just because you don't understand something you can fully trust. You can you can trust what Jesus is doing even if you don't quite understand. You don't quite get it. Just like Mary, she didn't quite know what Jesus was going to do. She had never seen him do a miracle, but she trusted that he could do something. She trusted that 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 whatever was his will and ultimately God's will, it was going to happen at this moment. She might not have understood it, but she trusted. Uh, not too long ago, I got to uh, speak, and uh, in my message, uh, I, I said that there's a difference between agreeing and trusting. You can uh, you can not agree with how things are falling in your life. You cannot understand how things are falling in your life, but that that is very different than trusting. And just because you doubt, just because you're you, you're upset or you don't like certain things, you can still trust, especially when you don't understand. So, so if you've really uh, submitted your life to Jesus, even in the moments you don't understand, you can still have trust. And, and that is so vital. Now, also, verse 9 and 10, I, I highlighted, uh, it says, when the master, he, he tasted the wine, uh, he, uh, he, 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 he made a comment to the bridegroom that said, hey, usually people serve the best wine first, and when they get drunk, then they, they bring out the poor wine, and, and they serve the poor wine the rest of the night. But, but you, you, you've saved the better wine. You, you have saved the best for last. And I, I, I really think that is an image of what God was doing. Because we know that Christ came, and, and in this moment, you're going to start to see in this gospel fold out that, that, that Jesus is challenging a lot of the Judaism uh, and the ways that the Jews have been following for all these years, because they have strayed so far away from what God intended. And, and Jesus comes and says, hey, I am greater than all of these. Uh, following me is, is the better way, the only way. And it's almost like God has kept his best gift, being Jesus, for, for this very moment. Just like uh, the, the, the master of the feast, he, he, 
He says, you have kept the best for last. God has kept the best for us in this moment. And I love that. Verse 11, uh, it says, this is the first of his signs Jesus did at Canaan Galilee and manifested in his glory. Now, now I, I often wonder if there is this connection here uh, because we see similar wording in the story of Moses. And Moses also turned water, he transformed water. But do you remember what he transformed water into? He, he, he transformed it into blood. Moses transformed water into blood. Jesus turned water into wine. And, and Moses, when he transformed water to blood, that was a sign of God's judgment that was about to come. That was one of the plagues leading up to, to the Exodus uh, because Pharaoh wouldn't let God's people go. That was God's judgment. But when Jesus turned water into wine, what did that bring? It didn't bring plagues. It, it didn't bring judgment. But that wine brought joy to the wedding. You see, there is a connection here, but, but, but where Moses was delivering God's judgment, Jesus is bringing joy into the world. And sometimes following Jesus and, and studying scripture and, and hearing lessons, sometimes we can become so rigid on uh, the rules that we have to follow. Uh, I often say the rules we get to follow as Christians, we want to honor God with all we do, that sometimes we forget about the joy, just the, the pure joy and satisfaction that Jesus brings, even on our, our worst days, even Going back, even on the days that we don't understand what Jesus is doing, there's this joy, there's this peace that passes all understanding. And I, and I see that in this story when Jesus turns water into wine, he brings joy to this wedding when, when there was essentially a disaster happening around him. A wedding in those days running out of wine was not a good thing. And so Jesus, he steps up. And though I don't know if he if he would have chosen, I don't know if this would have been his first miracle uh, but but because his mother asked and uh, God allowed him to 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 begin his ministry at this moment, uh, Jesus was able to bring joy into uh, this wedding. Now, when I say Jesus wouldn't have chosen this to be his first miracle, I don't know. I'm just saying, if if it were me, my first miracle would have been something different. It would have been the healing of the blind man or, or the the lame man that couldn't walk. Uh, but but he was requested to do this by his mother. And he says, my hour hasn't come, but he goes ahead and does it anyway. Now, there's one, one last thought I have about this whole story. Jesus' very first miracle, whether it was one that he, he had planned on doing or one that just in the moment he's like, okay, I'm going to do this now, was all about transformation. And all through Jesus' ministry, it's going to be a, one about transformation. Jesus is all about transformation, heart transformation, transforming the way you live, the way you've been thinking all these years. Not too long from now, we're going to see Nicodemus, a religious leader, go to Jesus and Jesus challenges the way that he thinks and the way he's always thought about things. Jesus brings transformation. Don't miss the joy that comes from, from knowing Jesus, but, but also don't miss the transformation and the joy that comes from a life transformed by Jesus. 
man, is my life exactly the way I want it to be? No, there's a lot of things I wish was different. There's a lot of things I wish was better in this moment. But I would never trade knowing Jesus. Because knowing Jesus has transformed my life, even in the last two years. Uh, and I've grown in my relationship by doing this podcast. And I've, and I've grown in my knowledge of the Word. That, that transformation that has come even in the last two years. There's a joy and there's a peace inside. In that right there, I would not change for the world. Don't miss it. God is doing a work in your life right here and right now. And there's a joy that comes with that. Jesus is all about transforming. He transformed water into wine, and he is transforming you. And because of that transformation, we can do one thing, and that's the same thing we've encouraged you to do now 92 times, (laughs) and that is to press on. Hey, I can't wait to see you. Don't forget YouTube this Friday and another brand new Bible study podcast next Wednesday. Adios.